Welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast with Pastor Danny Anderson. Hey, hey. Hi, we are thrilled that you are here with us today. Today, something special. We're pulling back the curtain, and this has not been done in a talk. This was recently done in a staff meeting that Pastor Danny led at Emmanuel Church, and it was so good that we wanted to bring it to you. So I'm thrilled that you're willing to share what you uh, trained us on this this past week, and I think there's a lot to learn in here. I'm excited as well, yeah. It came about kind of in a, a different way. Uh, recently, you were out and about in public, and, and a gentleman came up to you and asked you a question, and you want to share what that was? Yeah, he just asked me a question. Um, you know, I could tell where he was going with it. I could see it in his eyes. He asked me if I was nervous. Mm. And what he was really asking was, given the current situation, things that are going on in the world today, yeah. am I nervous about the future? Right. He wanted to know my, you know, my angst level. I mean, and all things considered, uh, he had a great reason to ask that. We have the election coming up, and that's making people nervous. Mm -hmm. We have the economy is in... Uh, just a boingy state, I would mm -hmm. say. Like we're we're up on unemployment, then we're down. We have extra money, we don't. It's it's just looking at the government in general. For a lot of us who don't know lots and lots of things about that, that is nerve wracking. Even if it doesn't make you nervous, we've seen here at the church issues with with people's mental health mm -hmm. and their anxiety and uh, depression rise. People have lost their jobs. There is racial unrest mm -hmm. in our nation. Mm -hmm. We still have rioting. We still have different things going on around that. And then even in just the, the even if you take it just down to your everyday life of school, things seem unstable. We, at, the, at our broadcast campus, we serve two large high schools. One didn't meet last week mm -hmm. and one did, and they're like 10 miles from each other. Yeah, our kids stayed home this week. Right, and Both, mine went to school. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, we, should we do that? Should we not do that? People, are, there's conflicting messages, right. a lot of information. There's just a lot of reasons to be concerned today. There is. So it makes sense that he would ask you, are you nervous? Yeah. So my what what surprised me when he asked me that question, he kind of caught me off guard. But mm -hmm. my my knee jerk reaction, and it was a, a gut reaction, was to say no, I'm not. And it kind yeah. of surprised myself. Uh, and so uh, later on, when I left that, you know, I was by myself the rest of the day. Um, I thought through, you know, why why did I respond so quickly? You know, is, is it did I say that because I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to say that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, give the, you know, I'm not nervous, you know, right, right, right. or did I really mean that? And as I searched my heart, I really, I really felt like, you know, that's that's where I'm at emotionally. Um, not every day, but but I feel that way, especially in that moment. So I did some some thinking and a little bit of heart searching to figure out why do I not feel nervous right now? There's lots of reasons to feel that way, but I don't. Right. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Oh, well, I'm glad that you're going to help us have a breakthrough in nervousness, because even if you're not fearful, nervous is around a lot of us. Yes. So yes. can you, um, are your first point was really like kind of sucked the air out of the room a little bit mm -hmm. and you said it in staff meeting. And so do you want to share with us your first yeah, point? So I'll talk about four basic ideas uh, or four reasons that I'm not nervous. First one is that, you know, I believe that something good is going to come from this. Mm. And, and that is a, a conviction that I have mm -hmm. based on truth from scripture, um, is specifically Romans eight twenty eight, which says mm -hmm. 
that all things work together for the good of those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose to them. It's one of my favorite verses. Uh, many, many Christ followers have, have uh, memorized that, uh, studied that, and, and it does make an extremely practical uh, impact on our life in terms mm-hmm. of helping us to overcome a sense of angst or nervousness or fear. Um, and what it simply does for me is, is when I hear bad information or negative information or something difficult happens, if you've trained your brain according to, to, to follow the path in Romans 8.28, you can tell yourself, no, wait a second, this isn't great. I wouldn't want this. I wouldn't wish this. Right. But something good is going to come from that. And that immediately helps me to relax. Mm. And I start saying, okay, where's the good? God, what is the good that you're going to bring for this? Um, our minds tend to focus on the negative. Have you they ever do. noticed that? It yeah. doesn't take any work whatsoever just to be drawn to the negative. Yeah. It does take work to be drawn to the positive. And so Romans 8.28 helps me to, to do that. So just move back to it. Mm-hmm. And then your second reason, um, it just continued to be like, okay, where's he going with this? And it was that God is behind it. Yeah, this one is a, is a tough one. But before we get to that one, I want to go back real quick about Romans 8.28. Some, something else that I wanted to, to mention, and this really helps me, is that uh, it actually says that all things work together for the good of those who love God mm. and for those who are called according to his purpose. Now that's yeah. a, So that truth is really not for everyone. Like if, if you don't love God, if you're, if you're not, and of course this isn't a podcast for, this isn't necessarily a religious podcast, but sure. you know, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a pastor, you're a pastor. Right, right. Uh, we lead in a church. Um, so this is a promise to those of us who have said yes to God and we're following Christ. If you love him, and you are called according to his purpose, then you can bank on this truth mm. that God is going to bring about some good mm-hmm. through this difficulty. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important to mention because that's where the confidence comes from, that I can claim this promise from my life because I'm trying to love God. However imperfect my love for God is, and it right. needs to grow and mature, I do love him. And I do, and I am called according to his purpose for me. So um, anyway, we can now jump into that second reason, which is a tougher, this is a really tough one. Oh, it, uh, it really was and is. It's hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow, but mm-hmm. I, I think after you, you, you take it in and receive it, it does bring tremendous peace to your life. And that is the reality that God is behind it. Um, what does that mean? That simply means that whatever's going on, whatever negative situation, difficult thing that's happening, tragic thing that's happening, you can rest assured if you you know, believe in God and mm-hmm, have faith in Christ mm-hmm. that, that God is sovereign, that he is behind the situation. In other words, he has allowed it to happen. If he didn't want it to happen, guess what? It would not have happened, mm-hmm. but it did happen, which means he allowed it to happen. And I really, I go to the story in Mark chapter four, about the disciples crossing the sea of Galilee. And, um, you know, uh, it's an amazing story. You know, the winds and the waves are coming in. And of course, if you know the story, they freak out. Right. And they panic. And they say, you know, to Jesus, uh, you know, don't you care that we're going to die? You know, you know. He, yeah. And then Jesus wakes up. He was sleeping. He wakes up, and uh, he speaks to the wind and the waves and tells them to be still. And they, you know, and they stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. then he says, you know, to them, you know, why are you afraid? Yeah. Oh, you have little faith. And then it says the disciples were amazed, and they said to themselves, "Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him?" You know. So this is a great, wonderful yeah. story. But what most people don't catch in the front end of that story is the the first statement when it starts in Mark chapter four, and and it says that that Jesus was the one that said, "Let's." 
go across the lake. Hmm. And, and what that means is that it was his idea and he knew, I mean, if you believe that God is God, of course, you know, he, you believe that he, 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 believe, he knows what's gonna happen. He knows sure. the future. Yeah. And yet he's the one that said, let's go across the lake. Did he not know that that storm would hit? Yeah. Of course he did. So here we have this example of God allowing, actually organizing or orchestrating this situation that his disciples were gonna find themselves in where they literally thought they were gonna die. And there was plenty of evidence to prove that. The water's coming in the boat. Mm -hmm. It's starting to sink. And who allowed that to happen? Whose idea was it to go across the lake? It was was Jesus' idea. And so that just helps me to understand that whatever negative things are going on in my life or the world or our country or nation, that God God is sovereign and God is behind it and he's allowed it. But that's just not, I mean, that's not a lot of people's idea of a good and loving God. That he would, I mean, that's not a fun way to put it. That's not an easy thing to accept. And then there it is, that he's behind it. Um, I think that, I feel like that can trip people up. Okay, let, and, me, let, me, help, let me help speak to that really okay. quick. I don't mean to cut you off too no, quick. No, 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 I want it. But you're right, that, 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 that may not comfort people. The reason it comforts me is because I believe his heart is also good. Mm. If his heart wasn't good, yeah. if he was sadistic, if he was mean-spirited, if he didn't have my best interest at heart, mm-hmm. the reality that he's behind it all doesn't matter because I can't trust him. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, okay, God is in control, but he's not sure if his heart is good, if he loves me, if he loves the world, if he loves people. Yeah. And if he doesn't love people and if his heart's not good, then we're in big trouble. We, we have reason to be nervous. We have reason to, to be you know, anxious or, right. or fearful. Right. But the reality is I trust that his heart is good. Mm, that's really good. It's mm. really good. Let's talk about the, the third reason that you gave us in staff meeting. Yeah, this is, a, this is a, in the story, it kind of plays itself out perfectly. But uh, the reason I'm not nervous or the reason I, I said that so quickly is I, I just believe that God controls the elements. He, uh, what that means is simply that when he spoke to the wind, when he spoke to the storm, mm-hmm. it stopped. Right. So the power of God, coupled with the goodness of God, is a, is a combination that relieves the nervousness, the stress. Yeah. So at any moment in time, he, he can say, okay, enough is enough. Right. He could say that to the coronavirus. He could do whatever the situation is, what the, this, this, this racial unrest that we're facing. God could, could snap his fingers and say, enough is enough, and it would all stop, and there'd be a calm. Mm. Now, he may not do that, but he has the power to do it. Right. And I believe that. And so Jesus is saying, why, you know, why are you so afraid? Don't you understand? I've created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. I have total control and I can control the elements. But even, um, I love the disciples because there's, you know, people from all different walks of life that followed Jesus and became his disciples. But sometimes I can definitely see myself in them and uh, I don't know that I would have thought he was controlling those elements when <laughs> we were looking, when we were facing death and he's asleep. I mean, great, he had peace, but but I think that would have been a faith test for me. Yeah, so, you know, it's so interesting that you say that because, you know, in this situation where the boat is rocking, the mm-hmm. wave, the water's coming in, Jesus is asleep. Yeah. And he's got his head resting on a pillow and uh, one, one author said, one of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, he said, you know, the disciples 
had faith in Jesus, but they didn't have the faith of Jesus. Uh, Meaning that really they, they, they knew enough to say, oh my gosh, we got to go get Jesus up to do something about this situation. But they were still freaking out. Yeah. They were still incredible. They were still overwhelmed with angst and nervousness. Um, and Jesus is over there sleeping. Now, what better picture of peace and rest than a person at sleep? Mm. A person at sleep, right? There, there's, oh, there, yeah. You cannot be anxious and angst and freaking out and be asleep at the same time. So, no, you and know, I think- his, it was a mess. His sleeping was a message to them that all is well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's okay. I think right now, I know my friends, lots of people are losing sleep mm-hmm. over their. Uh, over their jobs, over their kids, over their kids, and what's going on with school and their futures. You know, we we have a son that's going to go play football, and he's probably going to go. Co- I mean, he is going to go play football in college, and right now, that's all like scholarships are drying yeah. up, and and it seems like a little thing, but it keeps us up at night. Okay, sure, did sure. we save enough? Did we do everything else in accordance? Um, but I love that quote. They had faith in Jesus, but they didn't have the faith of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's That will help you sleep at night. That yeah. really will. Okay, this next one, uh, as somebody who's navigated a lot of grief in her life, I put a lot of circles around this to, to ask questions about later. Mm-hmm. And that was reason number four. And you said... Death is nothing yeah. according to Jesus. Yeah, this is probably the toughest one to, mm-hmm. to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does make sense um, if, if we think it through. And so if we look at the story and we look at the question that Jesus asked them in the end of the story, mm-hmm. he looks at them after he calmed the winds and the waves and they, there's a peace, right? He looks at them and says, Where, you know, where's your faith? Why are you afraid? Right. Why is it so small? What he was really asking them is, why are you afraid of dying? Yeah. That was their fear. Mm-hmm. They came and they woke him up and they said, don't you care that we are going to drown? Yeah. And in our culture today, there is a massive fear of death. Mm-hmm. It, in, in my opinion, it's what's driving all of the... the uh, Restrictions and the mask wearing, and and I'm not mm-hmm. saying, I'm saying I'm not saying I'm against that, right? But it's like wear a mask, someone might die. You might die. You might give the the virus to somebody else. They might die. There is a fear of death, right? That's covering our nation, covering the world. Yeah. And I I I'm not saying that we shouldn't take precautions and wash our hands or wear masks. I'm, I'm not I'm not. That's not my message. My message is we shouldn't be afraid to die. Right. And that's what Jesus was saying. Why are you afraid of dying? What, what is death? Now, I understand we're talking to people uh, today about faith issues and how to deal with sure. nervousness from a perspective of faith in God. And this message was to our staff who hopefully are all believers in right, Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and not all of our listeners today are believers. And, and, and I understand Absolutely. that. Um, but from if you're a Christ follower, Jesus would say to you, what are you afraid of? Why are you afraid of death? Do you not understand that death is nothing? Yeah. Like you have an eternal soul. And upon death, what happens is that soul just departs from your body. That's all that happens. And it goes to another place. Right. A far better place, by the way. Right. But it just goes to a different place. In other words, death is a transition. 
It's uh, one author put it like this. It's like going from one room to another room. Mm. It's like going through a door, crossing a threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas Willard used to talk about how some people, when they die, will not even recognize that they died. Right. They because all it is is a transition. Mm. <laughs> now they'll eventually they'll pick up on it. Sure, and sure, <laughs> so sure. I'm not on Earth anymore, you know. Uh, but it's it's not this massive thing. Now, um, this is this is a this is a huge a huge stumbling block for many people. Oh, I think so because you know the pain of when you have a loved one and they're not there for the next graduation or the next wedding. And so we know this side of it. And, you know, quite honestly, it's hard because there's nobody to, if you don't follow Christ, there's nobody to lead you forward in it. In fact, it it kind of reminds me of my son. He's 12 now and um, his dad and I for years in the summer have been trying to get him to ride a bike. And he's like, meh, I'll walk. Meh, I don't want to fall. He just blow it off, blow it off. And we really pushed in and was like, dude, you need to you ride. You need to learn how to ride a bike. Uh, yes, this is good for you. You will enjoy it. And then the other day he was like, bike riding, it's freedom and wings. It's wonderful. <laughs> I can go where I want to go. I have freedom. And I think we knew what... You know what he didn't know, right? Because we've ridden a bike, right? Fast so okay, before. so that's a great example. So, so Jesus, this this is this is exactly where Jesus was when uh, when he was talking with Martha, who lost her brother Lazarus, mm, right? Mm-hmm, so he mm-hmm. dies. She thinks everything's over because death right. death was the end, the end, right? Um, and Jesus goes to her. One of the things he says to her is, "Martha, John John eleven twenty six, whoever believes in me." Mm. will never die. Mm. And then he mm. says to her, do you believe this? Because it's hard for us to believe that. Sure. He, it's, it's like you with Maverick. Like you, you saw the other side right. of what it looks like to ride a bike. And you're like, dude, you've got, you, trust me. I know you don't want to do this. I know you don't want to fall and scrape your knee or whatever. Right. I, but you, you have to, you, you don't know what's on the other side. Jesus knows what's on the other side. He's like, you, it's not what you think. Right, right. We never die. Okay, so again, this is to Christ followers, so I don't expect everybody to like jump on board with sure. us. But there was a man in the Bible, one of the main characters, his name was Paul. He had the privilege, and this is, kind of complicated, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he was alive, God brought him up and gave him a vision of, 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 of heaven. Right. He had this unique experience. He writes about it in, in one of his letters to the Corinthians. He was caught up and he, he caught an image of heaven. Well, then he, he had the opportunity to come back to earth mm-hmm. and kind of live after having that vision. And, and then he would write things that would kind of make sense uh, that, 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 you know, he had been there and experienced this. One, ex- one example is Philippians chapter one, verse 21, where he says, uh, for me to live is, is Christ, mm-hmm. uh, meaning I'll serve him and love him and, you know, fulfill the gospel, um, but to die is gain. Mm. And you think, wait a second, that's kind of weird for people to say dying is gain, mm-hmm. unless you know what it's like on the other side. Yeah. Unless you've seen it. Yeah. You know, a life where there is uh, no sin and no addiction and no war and no murder and no disease. And you've seen, you, now Jesus knows all that. So he's like, hey, hey you know, this, death is nothing. Trust me, don't fear it. Yeah. It's, it's no thing. You do not have to worry because you'll never die. Trust me, it's much better on the other side. Mm. 
Uh, and that, and so as Christ followers, we can, we can live with that reality, but we got to work at it. As we're starting to, as we're starting to wrap up, um, I would love to hear your final thoughts. But um, one of the things that I took down in my notes um, was that it's not, it's not obvious. Like this is, this is not an obvious way to to work through nervousness. Yeah, and what I told the staff is, uh, you know, this is why Jesus. Uh, you know, this stuff is not intuitive. It's, no. it's not. Mm-mm. What's intuitive is you look at the winds, you look at the waves, and you're like, you freak out. For sure. That's mm-hmm. that's intuitive because we're, 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 we live in a physical world. We use our five senses. And the spiritual world is not tangible. You can't smell it, taste it, see it, touch it. You can't hold it. Right. You have to believe. It requires faith. And so that's why Jesus said you have to seek the kingdom. What mm-hmm. is the kingdom? It's the unseen reality mm-hmm. of where God is doing things in the world, right? So you have to seek after it. Jeremiah 29 uh, 13, you'll seek, you You know, if you seek me, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. Mm-hmm. These things are not intuitive. We have to work at these things. This is, That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in, in the book of Colossians that, you know, don't set your mind on things on earth, set your mind on things above. Yeah. Because it's natural to set your mind on physical things, physical realities, the problems of life, the waves of life that are coming in. And then the natural result is anxiety and nervousness and fear. And so we have to work at these things every single day if we want to be able to have this mindset yeah. that says, whatever's going on, I have peace. Whatever's going on, it's going to be okay. Something good is going to come from this. God is behind this. He has control of the elements Yeah, and death is nothing. Well, you, you can't just automatically have that mindset. You got to work at developing that mindset. Like you would work at developing your endurance for a marathon or for some sort of weightlifting competition or whatever. Yeah. It takes work. It does. It does. And I I wrote down that you, uh, Hebrews 11, 6, that you had told us, seek him diligently. Mm -hmm. Stay on that. That 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 is uh, it's, it's it's how you're gonna fight your intuition to get nervous to it's gonna it's how you're gonna have that breakthrough. Um, is there anything else you want to share with us that you shared with the staff? Um, one thing I gotta say one more thing. I know we took a lot of notes. People were scribbling really fast as you were going. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that God doesn't want to be where He isn't wanted. And that, um, I actually heard it in two meetings since Mm -hmm. you have said that. Like, we've got to be chasing after God. We've got to be, um, would you want to elaborate any more on that? Yeah, you know, what I meant by that was, you know, God wants to be wanted. Yeah. Um, if, If you really don't want to be with him during the day, living with him in the kingdom, he will, he will get that message. Yeah. And he will say, look, if you want to run the show, go ahead. Yeah. He's a a gentleman. Yeah. He's not going to force his way into your life. Mm -hmm. You have to want him to be with you. David said in Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me. I have done it. Mm -hmm. God doesn't set himself before a person. We must set him before us because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Well, why wasn't, why didn't David, why wasn't his life filled with anxiety? Why was he not shaken? He wanted to walk with God. Right, Psalm yeah. twenty-three, verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, because you're with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. He wanted to be with God. If you want to be with God, you'll seek Him, and and, and then you can live with that confidence uh, that will help you overcome the nervousness. That's so, the so good. Qu- yeah, what what do you really want? Yeah. That's the question. 
What do you really want? Thank you so much for all of this. Thank you for it last Monday, and thank you for it again. Uh, It's my privilege. It's a joy. Friends, I know we talked about a lot of Scripture this week, and so uh, we will have the list of the Scriptures that we talked about during the podcast in our show notes. And we also talked about uh, being a Christ follower, and here at Emmanuel we say it's coming to Christ. So if you want to know more about coming to Christ, you can go to eclife.org slash come to Christ. And Pastor Danny has prepared um, a video there for you and you can walk through that. And as always, you can ask questions and find all of his Pastor Danny's sermons at eclife.org in our archives. We hope that this has been a blessing to you. We know it will help you have a breakthrough in nervousness and you know, I, you might want to go through it again with a pen and paper because there was a lot of content in there. Uh, we're thankful you join us. And if you felt like this would be uh, helpful to someone else who's struggling with nervousness right now and who needs that breakthrough, please, please share it with them. We also appreciate on whatever platform you are that you would rate and leave comments. That helps people know that this is a valuable podcast and that it can help them have a breakthrough in their life. And we look forward to meeting back with you next month. God bless, guys.